In a world filled with big sports companies and high-end production podcasts comes a group of guys who paid five bucks for this intro. Welcome to Eat, Sleep, Fantasy. You're now listening to Eat, Sleep, Fantasy. Fantasy. Where the fantasy football party happens, bitches. Bitches. Sucking their own dick. 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 Maybe football. Time permitting. ESF is where fantasy meets fun. All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Eat Sleep Fantasy Football Podcast, otherwise known as the Shark Week of Fantasy Football. Joining me as always tonight is Mr. Dale DeMott. What's up, Dale? We are the Shark Week of Fantasy Football because uh, it's like old and played out and nobody pays attention anymore. Exactly. After like Sharknado, <laughs> nobody cares. Also joining us, we have a couple more people on the podcast today. Uh, we've got Armando Crespo. Welcome back, Armando. What's up? You guys can just call me Starmando. Starmando. With no, right. with, I, I don't mind with that. No energy. That's great. We call me Star Armando. Better? No, but then... Okay. Starmando. And then Sorry. last but not least, uh, I'm sure he's going to introduce something to do with his beer is Mike. What's up, Mike? Uh, not much, and uh, the Shark Week reference cannot be good because I've only seen Jaws. I didn't watch anything after that. So, <laughs> And tonight we are drinking a uh, Citra Hero IPA. That's from uh, Revolution Brewing, which is actually based out of Chicago. Very nice. Okay. So there you go. I just want to pause here for one second. Just one. The last Jaws, uh, the last shark-related thing you've seen came out in 1975. <laughs> It was good. That was it. I didn't need to see anything else. That's it. I was done. Okay. All right. That met my standards. I was happy. All right. Yeah. Why? Do I need to all watch all this Shark Week nonsense? No, just like every once in a while, maybe just watch something no. that's shark related. Okay. All right. I'll try Moving and do on. that this week. You never saw Deep Blue Sea? The one with oh, that uh, was good. Samuel L. Jackson? That was good. No. Back in the 90s? Oh, yeah. No? He actually good. lived throughout the yeah. entire film, which is surprising. Cause, cause why? Obviously. Why is it surprising, Armando? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Moving on. Uh, we got a few things to talk about today, but our podcast is going to be focused around mid-round values in fantasy football for the 2017 season. Before we get into that, a little bit of house cleaning, um, housekeeping. a little bit of housekeeping, housekeeping. like Dale likes to put it. Uh, if you didn't catch it yesterday, we're now going four times a week as of this week. We'll be in your uh, stereo surround sound system. Um, also, we're doing a giveaway. Tell them a little bit about that, Dale. Yeah, we are doing a giveaway for a Jeremy Hill autographed football. A large autograph on a mini football. All you have to do is go to Facebook and just search Eat Sleep Fantasy on Facebook. I think we're facebook.com slash Fantasy. Like the picture that we posted uh, about the contest, and like our page is most important. And if you do that, you're automatically entered. I was going to say, though, I actually listened to the last episode, because you guys think I don't listen, but I listened. And oh, shit. Okay. I've never seen somebody so passionate about a kiss cam as, as Dale. Oh, yeah. I hate him. It was kind of surprising, actually, because he got a little hot and bothered there, but... I mean, I don't right. think it's that bad, but I would say that I think that the wave should be outward. What the, the wave? wave? I that is despise at all. Like, no, no, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Right. Each of you go give your opinion on that because I need to hear more of this. The wave is the only good thing about going to a baseball game. Oh, fuck me, running. Mm, he said baseball game, not football game. So maybe, but uh, catching a foul ball or a home run is pretty cool. The only thing good about a baseball game is the wave. Okay. Okay. All right. So why do you hate the wave? All right. I, I had, well, first things first, I was I was never a fan to begin with. But there was one time, I was at a Met game, and this was one time where they were competitive. And okay. it, was a, it was a close game, and I'm sitting there with my brother watching the game. It's like, it's like tie ball game, bottom seven. And all these schmucks start doing the wave. And I'm thinking to myself, there's more relevant things going on right now. Like, I don't know, maybe the baseball game that you paid to see. Like, maybe that's important. Like, do people buy a ticket to do the wave? Like, I don't get it. (laughs) So from that point, I'm like, you know what? I'm done with this whole wave business. I mean, I was never with it to begin with. But (laughs) I will never do that wave. I'm I'm always that guy who's sitting there disgruntled not doing the wave. Nice. 
yeah. I will say this. Doing the wave has got to be the best thing happening oh, at a Mets game. Okay, why, why, why is that? Because it's a Mets game. Oh, because you're saying there's nothing else exciting going on? <laughs> That's the point. Yes, that is the joke. Yeah, well, I would love to argue then, with you on that one, but I cannot. Then again, my local sports baseball team is the Miami Marlins. So, right, that so you're right there with me. Even worse. Okay, so uh, without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive into a little bit of fantasy football because we have a lot to cover today. But... First, to be able to do that, we're going to drop our uh, Dale's favorite drop, favorite play, our news and notes. So let's get into our news and notes. Noticia this. Um, when do I start telling you guys about the pancakes? <laughs> That's at the end, <laughs> but you could start with the news and notes. All right. So there's a few guys in the news, uh, some injury concerns uh, going into training camp uh, healthy couple guys are Travis Kelsey, Gio Bernard, Tyler Eifert, and Theo Riddick are all reported healthy going into camp. Um, the biggest, I guess, surprise for me is Gio Bernard here. We were all assuming that he wasn't going to be completely healthy by training camp, and we weren't even sure if he was going to be healthy by the start of the season. Good sign that he's healthy. And this just is a huge, even makes it even more difficult to decide what to do with Gio, Hill, and Mixon. Thoughts? There's a there's a term for when something is a big mess, cluster something. Uh, um, I don't know you if you're following me there. You can't say that for that is, no. yeah. So that is uh, that's what the Bengals backfield is starting to look yeah. like with Mixon, Hill, and Bernard, who shockingly out of this list is the guy that's saying is going to be ready for training camp. I'm I'm honestly shocked by that because the reports were that he was going to miss some regular season games. And he's ready for training camp, not preseason, not regular season. He's ready for training camp. So eight months after tearing his ACL, seems like he's ready to go. That's great for him, but even worse for Hill owners or Mixon owners who are drafting him as a top 16 running back right now, which is insane. Mm. Yeah. Uh, also, I'd, I'd like to talk a little bit about Theo Riddick. He is healthy. Um, we're all, we weren't really sure what was going to happen with Theo Riddick. Now he's going to be obviously third down back, passing you know, passing downs back with Amir Abdullah, hopefully being the premier first and second down guy. What are your thoughts on Theo Riddick moving forward? Was his health ever a concern to you guys, or is it a concern moving forward? Especially Amir Abdullah is healthy now after breaking his foot early, early last season. Uh, Riddick's uh, health hasn't really been too much of a concern for me. I expected him to be ready for, you know, preseason and regular season. Um, But more so for his value, the concern is if Amir Abdullah stays healthy, Amir Abdullah is a guy that can pass catch pretty well. Um, I'm not saying that he's going to take over that role for Riddick, but what they've wanted Abdullah to do is be a guy who can do a little bit of everything. He's not a, you know, carry the ball a ton of times, just like Riddick is not the, the type of guy that's going to be a first and down, uh, first and second downs guy every down. But um, Abdullah is a little bit more that mold. Um, but he will, Abdullah will take some of that pass catching away from Riddick. Riddick's been so prolific in that regard. Uh, two years ago, with 80 receptions. Last year, a little bit less, uh, obviously due to missing uh, six games last year, only having 53 receptions. But yeah. um, you know. We'll see. I think it cuts into it a little bit. All right. Let's get to the news of the day. How about that? This is probably the most important part of the entire day. This is uh, what are we? This is Tuesday, July twenty fifth. We're recording uh, at night, so this is going to release probably six a.m. on Wednesday, July twenty sixth. Kenneth Dixon is out for the season with a meniscus tear. What did? First of all, I was never super high on Dixon, anyways. But now Danny Woodhead definitely gets a bump. And what about Terrence West here? I, I want both. I, I really want to hear Mike's reaction to this as well. Well, for for me, it it bumps up Woodhead more. I mean, Terrence West. I'm not. I'm not that big on. I'm never big on the Ravens backfield to begin with. Sure. Um, but I, I I was definitely in once they signed Woodhead, especially from a you know obviously from a PPR standpoint. But to me, Dixon not being around, I wasn't going to touch Dixon or West to be be quite honest if I was going to own a Ravens running back it was Woodhead and this only 
it's just only further improves things for me. Right. I don't know where this Kenneth Dixon hype came from. He's never he never really showed ton of promise. I guess he just never had a lot of opportunity. But yeah, everybody was excited about Danny Woodhead. Now this just gives. I don't know what kind of value uh, you're going to get with Danny Woodhead now that Kenneth Dixon is out of the picture. I think his ADP will rise and you won't get too much value out of it, but I think you're still going to get a good amount of points in a PPR. He has a ton of upside. You agree, Brito? Uh, so last year we saw it be, <laughs> we saw it be a little bit of a mess at the running back position for, for the Ravens. And even though they had 115 catches go to the running backs, um, the highest number of catches go to any single back was 37. So they, brought in Woodhead he will get a lot of receptions um I'm a little bit concerned about his health his age whether or not he can hold up it might just be a mess the the Ravens are not done at the running back position either I don't think they want to go into the season with just West and Woodhead and nothing else they're going to add another guy um reports are they're looking at Bobby Rainey a few other guys, but I don't think they're done and I think it's just going to be a little bit messy there to be honest there will be value Pass catching, Danny Woodhead will be useful, but I think his ADP is going to just continue to rise. It, it already was on the rise. It's just going to keep going. So, And I don't think he's going to be worth his draft stock. Okay. Next up, uh, Carlos. Wait, you guys, aren't, you guys aren't going to talk about Javoris Allen or Lorenzo Talaferro? No. At all? No. No. They're probably Who? better values at this point. Just no. Or they, they're, neither one of them are going to get worse. I mean, if – it's going to be Terrence West and whoever they If you're saw. in a league where the fourth guy, fourth running back on the depth chart is important, then yeah, we should we should talk about that in another pod. If you're drafting now, I think taking Javoris Allen right now, this slate, as a 22nd pick is a good value. I mean, that would be the exact reason that they would be in the market to go get a running back. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, I wouldn't put any stock in anybody else on that depth chart at all. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Carlos Hyde a little bit. Uh, Mike, here's our resident 49er fan uh there's been a ton of up one day to the next it was crazy one day i read how awesome carlos hyde was doing how you know well he was looking in the offense blah blah, blah. and the next thing i heard that it's possible that he could get dealt or traded this is all bullshit right yeah i th- listen the the only question that there was ever going to be for hyde was just going to be a matter of if he could stay healthy if he could stay healthy i mean it doesn't matter if he's in Shanahan's offense or if he was in Chip Kelly's offense last year I mean he he is a stud and he he's the best running back on that roster right now now and and the other thing is this notion that they're just going to flat out release him I like they're going to try if they do try and trade him like you know the Ravens could be calling who knows and if they do call you know they're going to trade they're going to trade him they're not going to go ahead and just flat out release him and get nothing in return right um but there is also there is that you did get that vibe when Shanahan and Lynch came in that they were going to go ahead and they wanted to clean house. They wanted to make this their team. And Hyde seemed like the one he's going to have to prove himself. He's going to have to prove his worth to Shanahan. But this whole notion that they're just going to cut him is beyond bogus. It's just, you know, no. Yeah. 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 It's highly unlikely. Right. Like, if, all right, like, you know what? Like, when Shanahan walked through that door, and he saw the roster that he had. Who was the best player on his offense, or quite possibly on his entire team? Yes, yeah. McDonald. Well, <laughs> right, yeah. Who got inked up to that really nice contract? <laughs> Idiot Balky gave that to him. But no, it's you know yeah. the the best offensive guy was Carlos Hyde. Yeah, I agree. So why would you just release your best player? Yeah. It just you yeah. Know. So don't don't let this news. If you already drafted Carlos Hyde, like I did. An early draft. Uh, don't get down on yourself. It's nothing to really worry about. Um, I just I want to add something. I think this is the Tim Hightower effect at this point because have you noticed that this happens with every running back that he's behind on the depth chart? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you, Brito. Thank you. Yeah. Wait, can I? It's nothing. He's doing something. Before we move on, does anyone want to make a bet that Danny Woodhead no. will not be the number one running back for the Baltimore Ravens? No. That he will not be he, the number he, one. Like he will not finish this season as a number one running back for the Ravens. Top scoring guy in a stand in a standard league. Any any format you name it. Okay, yeah, I'll take that. Okay. He will not finish as the number one running back for the Ravens. Okay. In fantasy points. In fantasy in points. fantasy points in standard That's league. That's a neat yeah, bet. I'll take that. 
All right, so uh, awkward transition here, but let's go ahead and talk about the main focus of today's podcast, and that's the mid-round values for the 2017 fantasy football season. Uh, I just want a friendly little reminder here that when we talk about ADPs and rounds, we're talking about 12-team leagues. Um, Most of these ADPs are coming from Fantasy Pros Consensus ADP through several different sites. Um, And just keep in mind, 12-team leagues, not 10. Um, So first person I want to talk about here is Doug Martin, ranked right now as the running back 31 in consensus ranking, going in ADP as the running back 29, 80th overall towards the back of the seventh round. Why do you think Doug Martin can be a value this year? I mean, for me, I just think that grabbing grabbing Doug Martin right now in the, you know, as your third, as your RB3 is pretty decent. I know he's going to miss two games. We kind of already talked about Doug Martin a few pods, Three games. Yeah. a few pods in a, in a row now. But right. as your RB3, you're looking at a pretty good value that he has an upside of being an RB1 if he stays healthy and plays like he said he was. And we talked about some beat reporters in the past saying how great he looked in, in the offseason. I believe it. I think he has a chance to you know, be that RB1 guy. He has rushed for 1,400 yards um, a couple times now in his career. So, Right. Now, on the other side of that coin is, you know, Doug Martin is is a true dichotomy as a player, right? You got either the 1,400-yard side, which has happened twice, uh, or you get the other side, which has happened three times, where he averages under four yards a carry, misses a ton of games, and gets less than 500 yards in the season. Um, so I'll, I'll ask Mike this, and then and then you, Dale. Mike, what Doug Martin do you see for 2017? Yeah, it, you and you kind of summed it up well. Just he is he is quite possibly the best example of a boomer bust candidate at running back. It's just he's either going to be great or he's going to be awful. Um, I see him playing well. I I I really do, and I think it's a complete flip of the coin. It's tough to argue with somebody who thinks that he won't, but. I still feel like he's the best running back on that squad. And the other thing is that when he does come back, if Winston goes into this spell of throwing interceptions like he tends to, and then Dirk Cutter starts to get a little gun shy and pulls the reins and decides to run the ball a little bit more, I mean, that could pave the way for Doug Martin to put up some pretty respectable numbers despite missing the first couple of games. So I, I, think he'll, I think he'll do well. Yeah, I think he definitely has a better shot at an RB1 uh, versus an RB3. I think he has a better shot of becoming an RB1 because that offense now should be a little bit more explosive. He should see more opportunities near the goal line. I like him. And especially especially as a, uh, you know, RB, you know, being drafted as an RB3, that's great. Yep. Uh, 80th overall, you're getting him in the back of the seventh round right now. I I'll think take it. good value for a guy that could be a top three running back. Absolutely. You know, that's his, that's his potential. That is his that's potential. what he's, Absolutely. that's what he's been twice before. Yeah. So, um, all right. Next guy I want to talk about on this list, Michael Crabtree ranked, uh, right now in consensus ranking is wide receiver 22. That's exactly where he's going in his ADP, uh, 56 overall towards the back of the fifth round. Uh, I'll, I'll start off here with Armando. Armando, where do you see Crabtree finishing this year? I personally still see him finishing like you know mid round mid 15 16 i don't see him dropping as far as everyone has him he's not going to go in the in the 20s or 30s finishing around there i think everyone's really too high on cooper right now and i don't think anything's changed over there it's still gonna be the crabtree show right and uh you know he's he's turning 30 this year it's not a huge concern about his age wide receivers will tend to last a lot longer than running backs um but He's a guy that's had 146 targets two years ago, 145 targets the year before. Um, totaled 174 receptions over the last two years for 1,925 yards, 17 touchdowns. He was a top 12 wide receiver last year. Um, Dale, where do you have Crabtree going? You know, where do you see him end of season? From, do you from, think this is a fair value or undervalued? I think the the value I see in Crabtree is where I know this is, this might sound crazy, but his value comes with Amari Cooper's crazy high value. Right now, they're going about uh, thirty five picks different from each other. Um, right. Crabtree's going That's about thirty five picks later. So, yeah, I think when you're looking at and Mike and I talked about this on our mock draft episode a few weeks ago, the value for 
Cooper right now makes Crabtree so look so much better. <laughs> Grabbing him towards the back of the right. fifth as opposed to getting Crabtree in the second round. I'm sorry, getting Crabtree in the fifth round as opposed to getting Cooper in the second. It's a no-brainer to me. Crabtree. It's the same exact thing. I'm sorry. The same exact thing we said yeah. last year, except last year Amari Cooper was a second-round pick and Michael Crabtree was a 10th-round pick. Now it's a you know a late second and a late fifth, right. so not as big of a difference, but still, for guys that are pretty much you know going to be just as productive as each other, now that's a huge I, discrepancy. I, I will say Cooper is going to be ahead of Crabtree, but just the value is just nuts. The difference, right? You know, it, they should they should be closer to back to back than what they are, and that gives Crabtree the value. You know, he's being drafted as the twenty second. He should be somewhere in the you know mid teens, I'd say. The the next guy I want to talk about here, I think you're all high on, if I'm not mistaken, is Ty Montgomery. You know what I'm high on? Uh, um, right now, in our podcast, he's the running back 17 in terms of our consensus ranking. That's the same consensus ranking that you see on Fantasy Pro. However, his average draft position is running back 23, going 54th overall. Um, he's on a very good offense. Why do you guys think Ty Montgomery, you know, who's had a limited... Uh, action is going to be a top 20 running back this year. Let's start Let's start with Dale. Look, I am not a crazy Ty Montgomery guy. I kind of felt like I have to defend him because so many people like you, it, in the fantasy world, there's so many people either that hate him or that love him. There's nobody in the middle. And so I feel bad when people like you hate him. Um, I don't love him, right. but like you said, he's in a great offense. He can pass catch. He's had a great, you know, in his limited action, I understand that he had very limited carries last year, but almost six right. yards per carry last year. And, yes, they did draft a rookie, Jamal Williams. Um, but, you know, he's a kind of a late fourth rounder. So I don't think he has real potential to steal Tom Montgomery's role. It's his to lose. A guy that's getting okay. the workhorse and, you know, being the bell cow for the team deserves to be, you know, top 20 running back. Now – to play a little bit of devil's advocate, of um, and I do want to know where Mike sits on this. Um, do you not think that there's a chance that he won't actually be the bell cow? Because we're talking about a guy who was very limited last year. They drafted three running backs. I know all three were late, the highest one being Jamal Williams in the fourth round. But, Mike, do you see Montgomery being the bell cow this year? Well, I think if you draft that many running backs, I think you're kind of looking for an exit strategy just in case. Um, if I had to see, if I had to gamble on it, I would say he would pretty much be their starter the whole year. But the other thing people need to keep in mind is that Tom Montgomery, he's not going to get the amount of carries that yeah, that other offenses will. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is still going to sling that ball around like crazy. So you're not really asking him to be you know that lead back like you know we're talking about doug martin earlier and once he comes back as long as he does what he's supposed to do that backfield's gonna be pretty much his yeah um you know and with ty montgomery you're not asking him to do a lot so i think he could keep the role the whole year but only because of what he's being asked to do but i also agree with you know where there's smoke there's fire and when you're drafting that many running backs you know right you you, you you may intend to use them it's his to lose so right. right, and he did okay, and okay. he did okay with with what he had and what he was asked to do last year. The highest of us all on yeah. Montgomery this year, though, is Armando, and so yeah. Armando, you have him inside your top fifteen at running back, and uh, I know we're we're harping on Montgomery a lot, but he's a guy that's very hotly debated, and you know if you have him at that spot and he's going at ADP, you know, running back twenty three, he's a huge value for you. So why do you see him as a value? Well, I mean, the guys above him, like, I mean, Dale currently has C.J. Anderson ranked a- ahead of him. And with C.J. Anderson, you're looking at Booker, Jamal Charles. They just drafted a rookie. There's That's even a bigger mess. I can't see myself drafting a running back like that before Ty Montgomery, where they just have three rookies, unproven. Ty Montgomery proved last year that he can carry the load. They've praised him all preseason. I see no reason why I would steer away from someone like Ty Montgomery. If he gets at least 15 to 10 carries, he's going to get – nine to ten points and that's great for an rb2 if not more i mean if he improves just a little bit he's going to be a top 10 running back just by workload and the quality of touches he's going to get in the red zone with aaron Rodgers, the box is going to be empty for that kid so there's no reason why tell montgomery in my opinion can't finish 
not higher than 15. I have him at 13 right now. I just can't see him going anywhere lower than that. I think it's crazy. He's crazy value right now. I'd rather have him over Crowell, Spencer Ware, mm-hmm. you know, Christian McCaffrey. That's your number one SFB burrito. I think that's absurd. Okay, so I will I will give you the other side of this. Um, Ty Montgomery last year. So you're you're saying that he's going to carry the load. His high a load in that of, offense. His yeah. high in terms of rushing attempts last year was 16. His right. next highest was that, nine. That's what the Packers are asking he, him to do, though. Right, but, but then we're kind of but but then we're kind of figuring. I it's it's yeah, it's what they're asking him to do. But then it's how does that bleed into his fantasy value? You know, right? I mean, I kind of get what Brito's saying here a little bit. I'm just I'm I'm hedging my bet a little bit with him because I don't think he's going to get the full workload, and I am actually concerned that he will lose his job because I don't think that he is a a first and second down back in the NFL. I, th- I don't think he should be. I think the Packers were trying to find someone to just to be the backup. But that he he could potentially, if someone outperforms or loses job, the, but like Armando said, the guys behind him are just kind of like you know whatever. They just ra- drafted three guys just to have some depth. Yeah, right. But if anybody emerges at all, I, I don't think he deserves to be a starting running back. Last note: any running back that gets 15 carries a game on the Packers has value. That offense is so yes, explosive. But that's, yes. That was his high. Every other game, he did yeah. not touch. It was like a. What was this? It was week 11 was 6, 12 was 9, then he, 13 was the week with 16, and then he followed that up with the following two weeks was 9 and 8. Don't don't forget, his, don't forget uh, guys, this was attempts. a guy who he can catch. went into the season as a wide receiver that transferred over to a running back in the middle of the year and you're don't I would I would never expect him to get 15 or 20 carries anyways switching over from a what it was he the fifth or sixth receiver on that team to a starting running back. I mean, that's a no-brainer. We knew that he wasn't going to be that guy, but he has all offseason to prepare. The, the yep. Packers have plans for him somewhere. I mean, he's on top of the depth chart. So, yeah, he's going to – if he gets 15 carries, which I think he can easily with a few catches in that offense, it's a no-brainer that he's going to have value. All right. Very insightful argument from you guys on Montgomery. Um, that's our show. I want to transition now to uh, – get get out of here with that. I'm – I'm trying to give you a compliment, and you're like, that's our show. No, it's not. All right, next guy, <laughs> Emmanuel Sanders. Um, he, to me, is the, like, every year, why is he being drafted so low? Um, so he's ranked right now 23 in consensus, but his ADP is the 28th wide receiver off the board. Uh, he was 22 last year. 18 two years ago, seven in 2014. I know that's a different monster three years ago, but um, he had 137 targets last year. What do you guys see with uh, with Sanders? I know he's kind of your guy, Armando. We'll start with you. What do you see in Sanders for this year? Well, I, I mean, I have him ranked in 21 right now, which isn't absurd. I just feel like he's going to get the opportunity. He can catch the ball. He's caught the ball with Peyton Manning at his worst with, uh, you know, Simeon not being great wider quarterback. You know, like there's no reason if, can I start over? I'm not even paying attention. Go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Brio. Pick up Sanders. I wasn't – I'm not there. Just answer it. He, I'll cut it where he where he asked you. Okay. Yeah. So, with Sanders, I just feel like, you know, last year he had Simeon throwing the ball, which is an unproven talent. Before that, he had paid Manning. You know, there's no reason he can't – if Simeon takes a step forward or Paxton Lynch takes a step forward – Sanders will continue to take steps forward. I, I just see him finishing top twenty, like top twenty-four. He's a solid number two, low end, you know, number two for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest question for Sanders, and I think while why Sanders and Demarius Thomas both are going fairly low this year is just the question that quarterback. We don't really know, right? I mean, that's that's my hang-up is who's going to throw in the yeah, ball. Yeah, but. The, the, that was the. How was that question any less solved than last year, where he was seventy-five catches, a thousand yards, and you know, five right. or six touchdowns the last two years? Like that's what he is: seventy-five and seventy-six catches, over a thousand yards, five or six touchdowns. He's going to be a top twenty-four wide receiver, and he's being drafted outside of that right now. Yeah, yeah. There, are, there are certain players that I just choose not to mention because I like the, I like that they fly under the radar, and Emmanuel Sanders is that guy. I mean. Last three years, you're talking about targets of 141, 136, 137. And, you know, just like Brito was saying, last year 
you kind of had the same situation with quarterback that you do now. I mean, is anything that much more clear this year than it was last year? No. I you know yeah. I still Good point. you know you know and I I don't and I'm not buying into any of these running backs in Denver. I just I'm just not. I just won't own any of them. But I think that just that leads into the passing game will be there and Emmanuel Sanders will benefit just like Demarius Thomas will. Okay. Fair enough. All right. So this next guy, um, he's been going uh, wide receiver 31 is his rank. He's going as the ADP wide receiver 29. I just butchered the shit out of that. Stefan Diggs, right? He played 13 games last year, 84 catches. He's 67th overall in terms of his draft position, 900 yards. Where do you think Stefan Diggs can finish and if he can stay healthy? Where, how high can he finish? Let's uh, let's start with uh, Dale. Yeah, I don't think Diggs, his ceiling, his upside, I don't think goes beyond where he's drafted. Uh, going around mm-hmm. wide receiver 30 is about where he should be. I don't, I mean, I know you had this down as a value, Brito. Maybe I'm not the one to talk about it, but I, I have him right about there. I don't think he's a huge value um, at this position. It's about where he should go, in my opinion. My heart and my soul hurts a little bit right now. <laughs> so thir- 13 games last year, Dale. 13 games, 84 catches. If he can stay healthy, I think he could be a 9,500 yard, 9, yards. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, that would be a terrible season. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, he had 900 yards in 13 games. Sure. 16 games, yeah, I yeah. I think he's he's very capable of getting 1,100 yards, six to eight touchdowns, and you know 90 catches. You don't think that's reasonable for Diggs? I mean, it's possible. I don't. He has I, the opportunity I, I, and the skill set. Yeah, I mean, I I I agree with everything until you said six to eight. I mean, I six okay, uh, eight. I don't. Uh, that's I, a lot. I man. can't buy into eight, but. Um, but I can I can I can see five touchdowns, six touchdowns, and I mean I was down with the yards, and he had eighty four receptions last year. You're only at, well, if you say ninety, you're asking to get six more catches. I mean, ninety I, to hundred is where yeah, I have him. I, yeah, I, I really I think, think he's going to end up. He, he might he he's he's played thirteen games in he, in his first two seasons. Um, he he very well could be a guy that just misses a couple games every year. So, but I still think he's he's going to be that ninety catch guy. Um, Touchdowns, yeah. Okay, so he had four in his rookie year. He had three last year. Um, and a pretty little interesting side stat that doesn't really mean much, but, I mean, with wide receivers with 10 or more receptions last year in the red zone, uh, no one had a better catch percentage than Stephon Diggs. So yeah. at, least he's, at least he's reliable at that. But, yeah, I think um, I could I could see five or six touchdowns. I could buy into that. Yeah. I mean, so that would put him, you know, as a – Low end wide receiver two, high end wide receiver three, and well above his draft stock. Yeah, there were only twelve uh, wide receivers with ninety plus catches, so um, I think he has a shot at doing that this year. Okay. All right. Can you guys hear me chewing? Oh my god, Armando, I hate you. Well, were you chewing hotcakes or? <laughs> I'm eating uh, some banana ice cream. Okay. All you have to do is freeze some bananas and uh, put okay. it in a blender with a little cocoa powder. Bam, chocolate chips. Health you could dessert. just buy banana beer this way. We don't have to hear you chew. We could just, you know, you could just drink it. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Just saying, right. it, it it is good. I've I've had. Let's let's talk about speaking of bananas. Let's talk about Amir Abdullah. He's probably got a huge banana. <laughs> Abdullah is going as a twenty seventh, twenty seventh running back, sixty ninth overall. He played only two. Sixty nine. <laughs> he played only. <laughs> Can I say something on the pod without getting interrupted? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Somebody cut so everybody's mic. I'm so disrespected. It's, it's unbelievable. You can't just say these numbers and expect us not to react. He played two games last year. He broke, like I mentioned earlier, he broke his foot early in the season. Um, his yards per carry, I mean, I know just a couple games. We're up there. I mean, he's an effective runner, five, over five and a half yards a carry last year. Um, he should be able to handle the first and second down back you know, roll, uh, of course, with Theo Riddick coming in as a third down back and no huddle offense type guy. 
I like Amir Abdullah here uh, as a RB two, a solid RB two. I'm I'm happy drafting him anywhere between twenty and twenty four, twenty and twenty fourth overall running back. And you're getting him right now as an RB three. Exactly. So I think it's good value for a guy who can he can do a little bit of everything. I'm not sure he can hold up, but he's definitely an explosive guy in a pretty good offense. Likes to throw the ball. If you're in a PPR league, I know Riddick is there, but Abdullah will have plenty of catches as well. So I do like Abdullah uh, where he's being drafted, and I think I think again another guy who's a good value for for where he's at. Very explosive runner. Yeah. And elusive. Elusive. I'll take my bets with Zach Zenner. Of course. I'll the guy that nobody wants. Abdullah over Zach Zenner for the season. Exactly. Is he because he's is he because he's white? Is that it? Um. I don't Armando. believe in white running backs. Wait, wait, wait. So you don't like McCaffrey? Don't, 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 don't put that in there, Dale. Armando. That is a thing, though. Like, that's not like, I mean, that white running backs are not very Armando, good. Armando, are you taking Zaxxon over Amir Abdullah for the season? Yeah, I think so. No. Yeah. I'll see how they perform in preseason. I mean, I'm not dra- I have Amir Abdullah ranked 31. Okay. Yeah, Armando. So unless- put your banana where your mouth is. Um, the next couple... I'll see, Look, I'll see. I, I really like Amir Abdullah this year. The next couple guys uh, are also guys I'm really high on. The first one I want to talk about, I know Mike Mike and I finally agree on something. Uh, Brandon Marshall. Ooh. Right oh boy. Right now he's going 31st wide receiver, 78th overall, which is ridiculous. Uh, no, it's not. Brandon Marshall had ten, has had 10 straight seasons, just his rookie season, of course, with uh, that he didn't get 100-plus targets. His only season without a thousand yards were in 2016, which was last year, of course, and 2014. So, right. how? Why is everybody so low on Brandon Marshall? Because was it because of his lackluster performance last year? Is it because he's the number two wide receiver on the Giants this year? I don't know what what it is. I, I actually, for me, I know a lot of people. It's because of how Marshall performed last year. For me, it has more to do with Eli Manning's track record and not being able to sustain a second wide receiver to get to 1,000 yards more so than anything else. Marshall's still going to get a share of touchdowns. I don't think he's going to get to 1,000 yards. That's all. That's And I, I, I just think that where he's at, that's fair. Like, he, For me, I'd rather have Martavis Bryant than Brandon Marshall. I'd rather have Stefan Diggs than Brandon Marshall. There's just guys that I would rather have than take the – I'd, I'd rather take the upside – player uh you know if we're talking about a wide receiver three then take the guy that is going to be solid but never wow us on that offense eli manning has had nothing but scrubs to throw to beyond his wide receiver one for years that's what i was gonna say like you know name me a second receiver that he's had that matches or surpasses the potential of brandon marshall i mean sterling Shepard. <laughs> yeah sure. okay i you know but his rookie year i mean and, and he had 105 targets i mean that's a de- I'm not saying Brandon Marshall is going to get 105 targets on the button, but Brandon Marshall can work with 105 targets potentially. Oh yeah, he'll get. I, you know, he'll, I he'll just, get that. I'm yeah, not saying Brandon Marshall is going to be terrible. I'm saying I don't think it's an extreme value. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, and, um, and he'll be I'm fine. Is- He's the Frank Gore of wide receivers this year for me, and mm-hmm. that oh, for if if what you need if what you need is a guy that. You just want to put in your flex and get points, and you don't need a boom guy. I think Brandon Marshall's your guy, and that's kind of my argument against Frank Gore sometimes. But if Frank Gore was your running back three last year, awesome, just plug him in and whenever you need to. It's, but yeah, if you're looking for upside, I don't think that's there no. for Marshall. If if I'm in a PPR league and I have Brandon Marshall on my team as a flex player week to week, I'm really happy and and I have high expectations for a playoff run. I mean, think about it. last two times he was a like a first timer on a team. Uh, the first time he was with Chicago, the first season he was with Chicago, he had fifteen hundred yards and eleven touchdowns. The first season he was with the Jets, he had fifteen hundred yards and fourteen touchdowns. So he doesn't have a problem, I, you know, understanding playbooks. He finally has uh-huh. a really good, probably the best quarterback that he's played with his entire career with Eli Manning. Mm-hmm. So. Let, let me uh, let me put some players that are being drafted right around Marshall. Not just wide receivers, but just players in general. Okay. Let's sure. talk about this flex position. Who would you rather put in your flex? Brandon Marshall or a guy being drafted uh, 
around behind him, Doug Martin. Doug Martin. Uh, standard PPR. Yeah, because doesn't matter. Point. <laughs> yeah, that's a checkmate. <laughs> PPR. I'm taking Brandon a- Marshall. I think I will take Doug Martin ahead of Brandon Marshall, though. Yeah, but that's that's agreed. exactly what I'm trying to say here. Doug Martin's being drafted uh, six spots lower than Brandon Marshall right now. Okay. Overall, G- give, give me give me so, two more guys, and I'll prove my point. Give me two guys. Drafted two more right. guys. Draft. Dra- Martinez. Uh, Willie Sneed. I'm taking Marshall all day. Marshall. Marshall, absolutely. I'll take Snead. That, that one's very close for me, and I'm I don't have a problem. Not I don't have a all. problem either way. Uh I'll give give me Snead, but slightly. Dale, you have Willie Sneed. I will, yeah, I will bet I will bet that's a pickle milkshake on Brandon Marshall <laughs> over Willie Sneed. Oh, you guys can do that. I mean my my, my whole thing with Marshall with my whole thing with Marshall is I just think people get these like very lazy sort of they just all right, like he was horrible last year, but the Jets were horrible. Yeah. That was yeah, that, that was an, like I don't think any, especially a guy with the track record, which Dale was talking about, that Marshall has. I don't think he should be judged based on that absolute train wreck of an offense mm-hmm. or, or train wreck of a team. Uh, you know, Arma- I just Armando. think it's a very lazy kind uh, of assessment. Yeah, it is. Armando, here's another guy. If I got I, another I, guy here for okay. you, oh, go, go, ahead, go ahead. Wait, 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 wait. You guys wait, are gonna. I, I'm a just bet. gonna say I completely. No, wait. I just want to say that I'm I'm more concerned about Eli Manning than I am Brandon Marshall. It's all about Eli Manning for me. I do believe see, and Brandon I get Marshall, that thought though. I get that. I you know because Eli. I, I truly hate Eli Manning. Yeah, I, I know because he gives out a, he gives out interceptions like he's with the Make a Wish Foundation. It's just you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty good joke. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's we need we joke. need a sound for like a good joke. <laughs> um, man. All right, so let's move on to another guy that I really like, and I'm again. Wait, what about your pickle? Oh, do you, Are you guys going to make that I'll, I'll that take bet? that bet. Okay, I'll take it. Brandon take Marshall, Stefan Diggs between you two? No, no, Brandon Marshall over Per game, yeah. Okay, I'll see. Oh, yeah, I'll take it. Take take it. it. Right, I, I, I do have one question before we move on. As far as the e-bets are concerned? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are the are the writers mm-hmm. allowed to get involved in e-bets? 100%. Sure. All right. Yep. I'm, tired of sitting, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of sitting on the sideline. I want to make some e-bets. Do you want to you jump on this? you want to take Brandon Marshall or Sneed? You should get a drop the plays of Jeopardy music. Uh, how about I tell you tomorrow? Let me finish my third beer. I'll let you know. <laughs> All right. That's like me when I was drafting in Dallas. By the end of the draft, I was taking Paul Richardson. <laughs> um, all right. So the next guy we're going to talk about, another wide receiver, uh, going right after Brandon Marshall is Pierre Gosson. Um, mm-hmm. ADP, he's 37th wide receiver off the board, 85th overall about a half a round after Brandon Marshall. Um, last year, he had just over 1,000 yards, over 114 targets, and 79 receptions, which was an okay season for him, but nothing like you know the three years ago when he had 184 targets. By the way, with his former offensive coordinator, Kyle Shanahan, who is now the 49ers head coach. So that's looking good. Uh, also, he has Jeremy Curley and Marquise Goodwin to battle that number one spot. I don't think that's a problem for him. He should be going probably a little bit higher than 85th overall. Does anybody disagree? Nope. I think that's a great number. Yeah, three absolutely. Receiver. Yeah, he's he's uh he's got all the opportunity in the world. Hey guys, how about that analysis there? Did that sound professional? Spot uh, on. You know what's super professional, and our podcasters can't see this, but Dale on I this did. sheet when he wrote Pierre Garcon, put the little like accented C. <laughs> I don't know what the hell to call that. Yeah, but it it's good job. Yeah. Man. Well, I took um, Rosetta Stone French for uh, like a couple of weeks, and so I I know about that stuff. You say garçon. <laughs> you don't really pronounce the N too much. You just say garçon. Okay, and you took it too far, but thank you. Yeah, you you were you you had great analysis up until right <laughs> until the garçon. By the way, by the right. by right. the way, one reason I have garçon so high is, um, of course, Brian Hoyer. Mike, what do you think about Brian Hoyer here? Am I alone with the love? I kind of love him, I think. Uh, I mean, I think you can only love him to a certain extent, though, because he's got to show you that he can stay healthy, which he hasn't really shown you before. But I think I think the familiarity of being in a Shanahan offense, I, I think it bodes well for him. But, yeah, it's going to be a matter of 
whether the offensive line can keep him upright. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if 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 they can keep him upright and if he could stay healthy, he will ultimately put up some numbers. I think in the first couple of weeks, though, there's going to be some growing pains. But if if you're starting Brian Hoyer in your first couple of weeks, you got bigger problems. All right. Yeah, you shouldn't be starting, but I think he's definitely draftable. Yeah. I think he could be an extreme. Yeah, and I know draftable. this isn't really on our sheet to talk about Brian Hoyer. I know. But this is another guy I really, really like, and I'm urging everybody, if you're going to take a second quarterback really, really late, Brian Hoyer is going to be a nice surprise for a lot of people. Um, I mean, he averaged over three. If you want him for like two or three weeks, if you need him for like week one through three, Dale. Yeah, I will say for as long as Brian Hoyer stays healthy, Garcon will be uh, very valuable. But right. the thing is, I don't think Hoyer plays – uh, more than ten games. Why? Yeah, just he's because gonna, he injured that, his that, that 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 no that that offensive line there in San Francisco. I mean, it's it's getting a little better, but it's still a little it's still a little suspect over there. Someone's gonna come and they they they're gonna clean his clock. Probably week three, week four. <laughs> so you sound like a real Forty Nine ers fan. <laughs> I well listen, I'm a realist. Hence my uh, hence my Twitter hashtag, which you guys never mentioned. Oh yeah. But, yeah. What is your hash? What is your Twitter handle? That's the uh, the the FF realist. FF. Oh yeah, I didn't do any of those today. Yeah, my bad. Yeah. Are you Sorry the FF and realist? I shows, yeah, of course I'm the FF realist because there was somebody out there that was FF realist, so I just kind of <laughs> just kind of leapfrogged him. Yeah. yeah, that's fine. He won't notice. Eventually, when we get you like verified and stuff, and you're the yeah. FF realist, he's you gonna mean be upset. like it's probably gonna be like thirty years before I get verified, but that's fine. <laughs> All right. But yeah, well we got we got a goal to work on now, and we should make Dale. Uh, you know, something like FF gardening tips or something. Yeah, I was thinking exactly. I need to change my Twitter. So I, FF I, garden, right. fantasy football garden would be like a great article. Oh, that is to good. write every that week. That is good. Okay, I'm, I'm going to start working on that. You're welcome. Check out these players that will players sprout. to grow with. Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, the last, the very last grow. guy we're going to talk about, we kind of touched on him already. Mm. Willie Sneed. Willie. I absolutely hate. Willie, I don't think I've ever hated a player more on this podcast that the whole time we've been doing it more than Willie Sneed. I absolutely but hate why, him. Though? I'm not talking about him. You guys can. Um, <laughs> don't ask me any questions because I'm going to ruin this mid-round value. If you're a one or two for the Saints offense, it's not the same as other ones that are going to get 25% of the target share or even higher uh, or twos that are going to get 22% of the target share. The Saints, Drew Brees, he's going to spread it out a little bit more. It's, it's a little different. However, when you got a guy that throws for 4,800 yards every year, the guy that the two that's getting 18 to 20 percent of the target share is going to be a top 24 wide receiver. And right now, he's being drafted as a 37th wide receiver off the board, 87th overall. He had 895 yards last year on 104 targets and four touchdowns. I know you don't love him because of what happened last year with Michael Thomas coming in and, and, and taking over, but really, he's going to be the two. At worst case scenario, he's going to be what he was last year. And last year, he was a 35th wide receiver. So his floor, to me, is higher than his ADP. So that, to me, is a value. I don't see how you can draft him lower than where he finished last year. When I, How could he finish worse than that? I don't. Did I just drop the mic? No, absolutely not. I just don't want... Yeah, I agree too. I, yeah, Dale doesn't have an argument for me. Well, I told like, I told you I wasn't yeah. talking about him because was, I will destroy. Was, I'll destroy him. Just, All right, well that went well. Listen, <laughs> Willie. Last year, uh, hold on, I'm going to pull this up. Last year, Willie Sneed, like oh, you said, okay. had 104 targets, 72 receptions. Even if he performed, even if he gets the same amount of targets as Brandon Cooks, which is only, let me say this, it's only. Well, 13 more targets. So, Willie Don't Sneed Don't give him only... more. Give him exactly the same. Okay. Exactly the same <laughs> so numbers. Exactly the He's same. still underdrafted. So, give Willie Sneed 117 targets, which isn't going to happen, by the way, because I'm a huge Ted Ginn okay. believer. And I'll talk oh, about Ted Ginn no. in a second. Well, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm checking out. <laughs> I'm going to sip my beer. Look, the only thing that people have bad to say about Ted Ginn is, oh, he's Mr. Butterfingers and he doesn't know how to catch, blah, blah, blah. Ted well, yeah, that's pretty bad when you're a wide receiver. I mean, when you're paid to catch the ball, it's pretty bad. Ted Ginn is going to be playing with the most accurate quarterback that he's ever played with, first of all. Second of all, he fits the Brandon Cooks mold almost perfectly with the speed, the long distance, you know, the the long route running. 
he is I don't I'm not gonna say he's has talent as Brandon Cooks. I think Brandon Cooks is very, you know, talented and special, but Ted Ginn is gonna fill that <laughs> position for Drew Brees. Okay. And Ted Ginn's another guy who's probably being underdrafted. But you can't tell me Willie Sneed is not a value. Willie Sneed's not a value. All right. I'm telling okay. you. Are we, are, I'm telling you, you're making a mistake. Not- you draft Willie Sneed anything Oof. lower than eighty five. You're you're going to wow. be regretting it, and you're going to be emailing me saying, "Dale, I'm so sorry. I should have listened to you. You know, I take all your advice, but I didn't take this piece, and I'm very sorry." All right, so um, that's going to end our wait, wait, wait. mid-round values. What about Go. Corey Coleman, Kenny Britt? Those yeah. are going to be later later those, round those values. Are, those okay. are coming up on a future podcast where we're going to talk about some later round values. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. So um, that does it for the mid-round values, but we do have a new segment that we're going to premiere this episode, all right? So we like to call it Hot Cakes and Hot Takes. So basically, we're going to be talking about hot cakes and also giving some hot takes. That's it. That's the the whole premise of this segment. Okay. Can I talk about a hot cake? Take it away, Armando. Yeah, go ahead. Take it away, Dale. (laughs) You need one cup of all-purpose flour. Two tablespoons of sugar. No? Anybody? I mean, you do. All right, keep going. Yeah, what else? Oh, uh, two tablespoons of baking powder, a half teaspoon of salt, one cup of milk, but make sure you preheat the oven at 200 degrees. That's 200. The key. 200. 200 degrees, guys. Yeah. That's a hot cake and a hot take. <laughs> You're welcome, guys. This is a new Son way of, of doing bitch. it. First segment. You put them both together. Thank you, Martha Stewart. Wow. Okay, that was interesting. That was the worst. Project. That is the worst thing we ever done on this podcast by far. I <laughs> I think that I was hated so, it. But let's absolutely. So anyway, once you guys all have your once you guys all have your hot take, I'm gonna say which one is uh, okay. the most uh, believable. Or yes, all right. Okay. Yeah. So I'll yeah. I'll start with my hot take for this year. Um, took a lot of slack for it today because I <laughs> genuinely believe this is gonna happen. But my hot take is that Duke Johnson is going to outscore Danny Woodhead in PPR this year. All right? Duke Johnson, in his first two years, has had 57 catches as his average over the first two years. He's had over 500 yards receiving each of his first two years, something that Danny Woodhead has done twice in his career. So... Danny Woodhead might have a ceiling where we've seen him be a number 12 running back in PPR. That happened once. Um, However, I think Duke Johnson has a very solid floor. Reports are that he's going to also be um, incorporated now in the role of a slot receiver. I'm not even giving him a huge bump. If he maintains the same numbers, maybe a few more catches, I think Duke Johnson is extremely undervalued as as a PPR target this year. And if you can plug him in and PPR as your flex, you're going to be golden. No? Nope. Nobody? Do you want a sizzle or something to have right now? That's hot. Hot take. I don't see it. Okay. Let, me, let, let Dale give you his hot take. Yeah. And you're, you're going to side with me real quickly. <laughs> uh, that's good. It's got to be, got to be an awful town. Uh, okay. Go ahead, Dale. Right. Ooh, what we got? My hot take. Please, please don't be anything about Ted Ginn, please. I'll take off the microphone and walk away. My hot take is that Ted Ginn will Thank be you. a number. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Ted Ginn will finish the year as at least the wide receiver 24 of fantasy football. Or lower. Oh, get the fuck out. God, you're going to, like, force me to agree with Brito. <laughs> uh. Listen. Besides the points I've already made about Ted Ginn, about coming in the role and filling Brandon Cook's role pretty decently, let's not forget, I mean, you're acting like Ted Ginn is not used to the high you know, target share. He had 95 targets last year with Cam Newton. Drew Brees throws more than that. He also treats his wide receiver three better than any other wide receiver three in, in the league. So Takes him out for dinner, wines and dines him. <laughs> Listen to this. I got, I got a good stat for you here. Um, okay, that was a good joke. Fuck you guys. That was a great joke. Uh, let's see. I got a I got a pretty good stat here. Oh, never mind. Forget it. Anyways, <laughs> really? Oh, I got a good stat. Here. Yeah. I got a good stat here for my uh, my uh, hot take that I'm not going to present I, to you. It was, a, it was a little side note. I'm not going to get sidetracked. I'm going to stay on the track. So 
in his last two years, Ted Ginn had over 100 or had 192 targets from Cam Newton with 14 touchdowns. If that doesn't give you some hope that Drew Brees will somehow find a way to use, utilize him, Drew Brees is the type of quarterback that when he has talent, he will use him. He doesn't matter where on the depth chart he is, i.e., you know, Michael Thomas last year. On top of that, Willie Sneed, I'm kind of going back and forth between Willie Sneed and Ted Ginn because this is really where the contention is. Willie Sneed is not the number, uh, not a number two wide receiver, never has been. And Drew Brees, I don't think, really looks at Willie Sneed like that either. I mean, he had a very good chance last year. He had a good chance the year before. Now this is the third year that Willie Sneed is going to have a chance at getting that number two role, and Ted Ginn's going to come and get it. I will say this, right? I know, I know that this is a hot take argument, but just we'll talk about it on another it's, podcast. It's not really that hot. Ted Ginn, it's not, it's not that. Ted Ginn is going as the wide receiver 53 right now. 133rd overall. Like that, he he's being drafted after Carson Palmer. Yeah. Dale, he's you being have... drafted right at, right before Colby Fleener. Yeah. It's crazy. Dale, why don't why don't your ranks reflect what you just said? Because you have him ranked sixty three. I actually have him ranked higher than you do. Yeah, I'm I'm fixing that. That would, I have I haven't updated my rankings All right. lately. Um, uh, Armando, do you have something besides uh, Martha Stewart tips to give me for a hot take? Or? Uh, no, I mean, we could say that I have Jameson Crowder oh, ranked in right? the top 12. I mean, I believe in that. I think his target's going to go up. Is that a hot take? Christ, Dale wins. <laughs> I win. Reluctantly, Dale, Dale wins. Dale wins like it's the least outrageous? I, yeah. You don't think Jameson Crowder can finish in the top 12? Wait, you don't think no. Duke Johnson can outperform? Guys, he said I well, won. Listen, Fuck well, you guys. Well, listen, I we already... <laughs> easy Hold on. now, Dale. <laughs> listen, if, Brito, we discussed this already, and I'm already ready to do an e-bet. Danny, Danny Woodhead will outscore Duke Johnson in PPR formats, hands down. And I just... I, I think Crowder can do quite well, but top 12, um, I can't I, I can't buy that. With Trell Pryor, Sean Jackson gone, I think he's the target's going to go up. He finished with 100 last year. I feel like he's going to finish more around 125 this year, if not higher, with Kirk Cousins right. playing. You guys had your chance, and I was declared the winner. Let's move fuck on. you do. I think, I think Dale's is the least possible. I know. He finished in the top 12 last year. I don't understand. Or maybe top 15. Never mind. <laughs> All right. Guys, uh, before we leave, can I just plug our draft kit? It's free. You go to eatsleepfantasy.com. Uh, you click on the little draft kit icon and just fill out your name and email and we'll send you the draft kit. We are updating it period- periodically. Version 2, we keep teasing it. It will be out soon. We're working really hard on it. Uh, we just haven't had the chance to publish it because we're working out some kinks. But it's going to be even better than version 1. So uh, if you And you get the updates automatically if you choose to. And uh, Facebook contest on facebook just like the picture and like us on facebook and you have a chance to win that jeremy hill autographed football that i will have to pay shipping for i hate paying our um, stuff for the podcast. wait i have a by question the, by what the way we, what are we gonna do with the aaron Rodgers um jersey we have signed we don't have one we'll figure we'll figure it out we have a lot of uh we have a lot of giveaways actually planned for are we are, 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 are we plugging the awesome video that uh uh that armada made that, oh, Gordon. Yeah, that would probably Look be good. Mike right? with the <laughs> Thank you, Mike. Thank you. <laughs> All right. I, really, that thing was, listen, it had production quality. Thank you. Yeah. You know, it was solid. Very solid. Okay. So, I guys, information, everything. we have a YouTube channel, um, and it's going to have some player profiles on it. Like Mike said, pretty good production quality. The the guy pretty talking. Good. Superb. I don't know if you want to trust him or not with your kids, but. Um, with the kids, yes. Your wives, no. <laughs> good one. <laughs> So check out our YouTube channel. We got all kinds of content. We're just trying to push out as much content as we can. By the way, it's all free. We're not charging for anything. It's just just pumping out content to help you win fantasy football, helping you gain maybe just an edge. I can't guarantee a win, but well, at least give you an edge. Is that fair enough? Um, I do want to point out before uh, people on Twitter and all over social media overreact to our hot takes. They're called hot takes, okay? Right. right? Not hot cakes. Right. They're, they're not uh, like 100% certainty. They're just things that we could see happening. But right? we do love hot cakes, though. So. Can, yeah. can I cut Armando's part out when he talked about that? that was really about the bad. chocolate chips? No. 
about the cake that for you're Dale Demott. Wait, did we ever Armando see our Twitter? Crespo. No, never. God damn it! Let's do it over again. For right. Christian Brito, Armando Crespo at Eat Sleep FF. Michael Hoff on Twitter. I'm Dale. Thanks for listening, and uh, sorry this was a shit show. Eat sleep.